This is the first time me and Ward Bell are on the same call together. It only looks that way, my friend. I'm not the real Ward Bell. I'm Ward Bell impersonator. This episode is sponsored by Hired.com. Are you searching for a new job? That can be stressful, scary, and time-consuming. Pushy recruiters try to sell you on roles you don't actually want, and the job boards make you feel like you're throwing your resume into a black hole, never to be seen again. And sometimes you go all the way through the interview process just to find out at the very end that the salary, offer, or company culture doesn't match what you're looking for. Hired is the world's most intelligent talent-matching platform for full-time and contract opportunities in engineering development, design, product management, data science, sales, and marketing. We make your job search faster, focused, and stress-free. Instead of endlessly applying to companies and hoping for the best, Hired puts you in control of when and how you connect with compelling new opportunities. After completing one simple application, top employers apply to hire you. And on Hired, you receive personal interview requests and upfront salary information so you can make informed decisions about what opportunities to pursue over a condensed timeline. Hired offers access to more than 4,000 innovative employers, including big brand names like Facebook and smaller emerging startups. The size and type of company you want, to connect with is totally up to you. And we help you find new opportunities in 17 major cities in North America, Europe, Asia, and Australia. Open to relocation? Let them know. Your privacy and autonomy in your job search is of utmost importance. And if you go check them out at the show's link, that's hired.com slash adventures in Angular, you can get double their normal hiring bonus. So instead of $300, you get $600 for signing up at our link. That's hired.com slash adventures in Angular. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Adventures in Angular show. This week on our panel, we have Shai Resnick. Hey, hey, this is my second time here. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot to tell everybody last time you were on that we have added you as a regular panelist. So you'll be hearing Ooh. a lot more of Shai. What, uh, yeah. what yeah, were uns- we thinking? Yeah, uns- unsubscribe has begun. Yeah. Hooray. <laughs> we also have Ward Bell. Yes, even still. And Lucas Rubelke. Hey there. I'm the irregular panelist. I'm Char- medication for that. <laughs> There's medication for that. Yep. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. Quick shout out about Angular Dev Summit coming up in September. And we have a special guest this week, and that's Uri Shaked. Hey there. You want to give us a brief introduction? I don't think you've been on for a while. Yeah. Actually, I think we have a whole episode about me. So I'll just do it briefly. I'm Angular GDE living in uh, Israel, doing a lot of fun stuff with Angular, the web, and the Internet of Things. And I think that's the subject uh, of our episode today. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because most of the time when we think about what the capabilities are out there for Angular, we're thinking mostly strictly on the web. I mean, we see some stuff in mobile, but then it's just a different layout layer or uh, a web view in a mobile app. So how do you do hardware stuff with Angular? And why? Why? I think we will start with why. So Angular is like a very good framework that allows you to build web applications that are scalable really quickly. And then with the CLI, you can scaffold those applications. And when you have a hardware device, you usually need some kind of interface for that device. And usually the physical interfaces like buttons are quite limited. So sometimes it's better to have software interface like a mobile app or a web application. 
And this is like one place where Angular comes into play, where you can build the control panel or whatever for your device using Angular. So one example would be LED bulb that can change colors and you want to program it somehow. So you would need some kind of interface, some kind of application for that. And that's one place where Angular can fit into the picture. But why, why specifically Angular? Why not pure JavaScript? I think whatever I will say will also hold true for any other web application. I mean, you can write everything with pure JavaScript. Not only that, you can create a native Android and native iOS app, which is, by the way, the approach taken until now and even now by many hardware manufacturers. But then uh, let's start with then with YWeb. Actually, can you back so, up a second to clarify something mm -hmm. for me? Because sure. I wasn't sure whether you were saying that you are using Angular to build an application that executes on the IoT device, or rather that you're using it as a, you're building an, uh, an application for controlling a collection of um, uh, IoT, IoT devices. Is it, is it running on the IoT device, like a Raspberry Pi is the only one I happen to know off the top of my head? Or are you saying, no, 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 this is an application for controlling them, like for controlling a whole array of lights? So actually both options, like until now I explained and discussed running the Angular on your smartphone or on your laptop to control some third-party device. But then uh, you already mentioned Raspberry Pi, so that's one example of a device which is powerful enough to run Angular. And then you can do things like create the control interface, connect a small touchscreen to that uh, Raspberry Pi, and use the web technologies to build the control interface for that device. So perhaps it could be a navigation system for your car, or if you have a watering system and you want to build a nice uh, display to control the, to program it and control like uh, the times and the schedule, so that that's like two examples on the top of my head. So both options are like possible. And each one is like a different use case. I hope that answers the question. So what, what are the advantages? So if if you say, okay, you can build in JavaScript, but if you pick Angular, what what you found it convenient by using Angular? So that's a good question. First of all, like the scaffolding is super easy. Like with a CLI, I just don't have to worry about wiring and bringing all the components together. And so I just create a new project and start writing the logic directly. And then with material, I don't have to worry too much about the UI, especially if I'm doing something quick. I can use either uh, Material or Ionic as Jumpstart to getting my UI look good without spending a lot of effort on that. And then another cool thing that we have with Angular is the use of ArcGIS. Sometimes IoT devices generate a lot of data. So with the smart light bulb, that wouldn't be a good example. But then if I had some 
kind of temperature monitor, like a sensor that monitors the temperature or the heart rate of the user, or even some uh, device with the accelerometer. And I wanted to process that data. Then this is a stream of asynchronous data, which is like what RxJS works best on. So I think like the combination of the uh, CLI, which basically gives me really quick scaffolding material or a unique as a UI library and RxJS for processing data that is coming from the IoT device makes Angular really a good choice for IoT projects. So let, let me see if I can get my head around some of this. So what you're saying is you're using a technology like Web Bluetooth. I mean, we, we mentioned at the start of the show to connect to these devices. So there's no back-end system that it's sending this information to. It's sending it directly to the browser through Bluetooth, and then you can you know build the controls or build the visualization or something off of the data that's coming in and completely circumvent the need for having a server or some kind of back-end system. Yes, exactly that. And then not only that, there is the physical web, which is a protocol that allows devices to broadcast the URL. And then if you are nearby, if you are in proximity, you will get a small notification on your phone that, hey, there is a nearby device and here is the URL that is relevant for that device, which means you basically can walk into a shop, find a cool gadget, switch it on, get this uh, URL using the physical web, the URL of the web app that controls the gadget and just start interacting with it. So you don't need to install anything on your phone or or like set up any kind of cloud account or anything. Just approach the device, switch it on, scan for it, connect to it, and you can start interacting with it. Nice. Essentially, you could walk into a room load up an app and control the lights. Exactly. And not only that, you don't even need to look up like which app should I like to Google it or anything because the light or whatever device can broadcast the URL for the app that controls it. Oh, so nice. I'm getting really I'm getting really afraid of inviting you over to my house because I have this feeling like you're gonna be fiddling in your pocket and my lights are gonna go on and off and the toaster is going to start popping and all this other stuff. So uh, what's the uh, what's the security situation here? So first of all, that's probably correct. You should be worried about inviting me to your house. <laughs> but not, not for those reasons, Ward. Lock the fridge, Ward. Yeah. I won't elaborate about that. <laughs> um, so as for security, um, this is actually something that is optional with Bluetooth low energy, and that's on purpose, because if you remember the uh, classic Bluetooth devices, like all the Bluetooth headsets, had like this pairing mechanism where you would have to type a pin code. And then over the time, manufacturers just started using pin codes like 000 or 1234. So the designers of Bluetooth probably realize that for some simpler use cases, you don't actually need security. So they made it security optional. So there are like two different use cases. One of them is like uh, interacting with an ad hoc device. 
and then there is no security. You can just connect to it and do whatever. And then I know some devices implement their own security layer on top of Bluetooth. Are, you can also use the uh, pairing mechanism, which also provides some sort of security. So basically, the security is possible, but it's not mandatory. It's really not an Angular problem, per se, but it is one of those things that's beginning to you know, get on, on our minds, particularly with all the ransomware stuff going on and how easy it is to take over the devices and things. So it's hard for me to think of IoT these days without worrying about that. And and so I had to ask you if there what you're doing about it and whether there's a whether there's a place in your Angular practice for trying to cope with that. So that's a really like a good point because from the device the devices I've worked with, I don't think any of them actually implement secu- implemented security. So. One of them was a smart light bulb. One of them was uh, a MIP robot. Another one was a drone. And another one that uh, I recently started working on is an EEG uh, headset that allows you to uh, read the brain waves of the person who wears it. And none of those devices had any security safeguards. So imagine everybody connecting to your brain and reading your brainwaves that could be kind of awkward to find out what you are thinking about it's a total waste of time there's there's nothing going on up there yeah (laughs) yeah i i bet (laughs) ward yeah so anyway basically this has nothing to do with angular it's the manufacturers of the devices that need to start putting security practices in place I do hope that it will change, especially like for drones or light bulbs. I think those things need to be under the control of the, their owner and not just everybody around. I actually had one of my talks. I did. I wanted to do a demo with the light bulb and then somebody, I think Shai was also there. And then while I'm speaking and explaining about well, Bluetooth, one guy from the audience actually managed to connect to the bulb and started controlling it which was oh, kind of cool yeah 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 you it was amazing yeah it was amazing because uri was so indifferent to like he was so cool about it and he was like to the firebase hacker in the crowd can you make this uh, bulb green now or give me a disco light give me like he managed to like <laughs> open up a dialogue with this uh, person who he didn't know who he was so it made the talk even even greater and uh, better that way so how exactly do you manage the connection between the bluetooth device or the iot device and your angular app do you just write a service that wraps around the web bluetooth capabilities in the same way that you typically do that when you're doing data management talking to a server Uh, yeah basically yes the web Bluetooth API is heavily based on promises. So I usually have one functions that one function that connects with the device. Uh, I use async await, which is a new feature of uh, JavaScript now also in TypeScript. So it makes uh, working with promises a breeze, and that would probably take 
anywhere between five and 10 lines of code just to connect to the device and uh, start interacting with it. So I usually have one service with uh, a function that connects with the device and then a bunch of other functions that basically expose the functionality of the device. And to make things a little bit uh, confusing, Actually, the Bluetooth terminology for the functions that are exposed by the device itself is also um, services. So we use the word services both to describe Angular services and the functions that the device in hand has. Yeah, so do you want me to tell a fun story about the physical web? Yes, please. I, I I have a question before that, if maybe it's sure. re uh, related. What's the most useful thing you get to build with these technologies? With? That's a really good question. So apart from like building applications to control devices that I own, like uh, the smart bulb, which I like better than the original application that came with it. One project I'm currently, I started working on is actually connecting to the EEG headset that I mentioned before. So it's actually, a, so it's a device you put on your head and it measures uh, brain waves. And what I'm trying to do with that is to let the user, the owners of this headset, like people who buy it, uh, do EEG experiments just like from the browser. Because right now, if you uh, wanted to perform some uh, experiment with that, you would actually have to install Python and a bunch of dependencies, and that would take a few hours, and then set up a Bluetooth dongle on your machine in a specific way. And what I'm basically trying to do with this project is uh, to make it as simple as opening a web page, clicking on connect, um, pressing start, and then you will uh, be able to carry an experiment from a list. So uh, one example would be an app that shows you photos of cats and dog or whatever you choose. And then it will try to analyze your uh, the readings of your brain waves and tell the difference between when you are seeing a picture of a cat and a dog. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, just in case I can't tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Oh, yeah. Yo. That's, on, so that that's that's the most useful. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. You know, I wonder if that's a cat. Oh, the brainwaves say that's a cat. I got it. <laughs> Do you know anything more useful than cat photos? Maybe you're right. Cat videos. I should change that to YouTube cat videos. Yeah. I think what would be what you could tie this into something else. Because you could try and sort of detect whether Shai's jokes are funny. So that would be really useful. So like I put it on, Shai does one of his things, and then I, I, even if I lie and say, Shai, that was just knockdown funny, he'll know whether it's true that I feel that way or not. It'll be perfect feedback mechanism. What do you think, Shai? How's that? Let me see if you're joking. <laughs> let, let me put on my device. <laughs> Uh, I'm reading not funny. Not funny. Okay. Um, so, so basically, uh, this is all open on GitHub. So you, once 
like you get a device and start experimenting with it, you can send me a pull request. So what I want to know, since we've covered the most useful thing that you've made, what is the most useless thing that you've made? And if you say a cat recognizer, uh, you're out. Wow, there is there are so many useless things I did with that. <laughs> you got to pick one, the most useless. Okay, so I have this uh, 3D printed robot that I made, uh, Purple Eye, and at some point I added an uh, accelerometer to the robot, and then I created a small app uh, that used WebGL to visualize the orientation of the robot. So if you tilt the, orient the robot one way, the uh, model on the uh, screen would tilt the same way. And that's totally uh, That sounds actually pretty useful. Um, I think we probably should do a remediary English lesson after this podcast and just clarify uh, what those two words actually mean because that sounds pretty awesome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, you probably did lots of more useless things. I'm looking at his website to sort of see which of those they are. <laughs> We'll have to link to that because there's some pretty cool, useless stuff in here on your website. <laughs> Which is, by the way, built with Angular. Nice. So, Word Bell, your Word Bell, um, most coolest, useless person in his eyes. That's a pretty high standard to reach, <laughs> I have to say. Most so, useless, coolest person. So yeah, yeah. So that that's a that's a good uh, title. So w if someone wants to to start like doing this stuff, other than reading your blog, um, but someone listen listening to this podcast want to start and and electrify his cat or something like that. No, 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 not electrify his cat. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Go with that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, wash wash his cat. Uh, so you could wow. actually build a Bluetooth controlled cat feeder and then control it from the phone. No, no, I think we're onto something. The Bluetooth controlled control the cat. So you take that headphone, <laughs> you wire it to the cat, and then you drive the cat around the kitchen. Now that's useful. <laughs> so how how do I start building that, Uri? So first thing you need to do if you want to start experimenting with web Bluetooth, you would need a browser and then a device uh, which speaks Bluetooth. And that could be like a smart light bulb or a robot. Or then uh, if you are low on budget, but you have a modern uh, smartphone, you can actually use your smartphone to simulate a Bluetooth device. So if you have an Android phone, I actually wrote an app and published it to the uh, Play Store that simulates a smart light bulb. So you can just install that app on your phone and then connect to it from a web page on your computer and control your phone from your computer. Nice. Okay, so this is like what you need to install. And then there is a repo or something like that? So there is a blog post that I wrote that shows you how to control the uh, smart bulb uh, with web Bluetooth. So that's one thing you can do. 
or there is a repo that I created for Angular Connect last year, which contains an Ionic app that you can run either inside the browser or inside Ionic as a hybrid app and also connects to that light bulb. So basically, if you have a Mac where Web Bluetooth is already supported, or you have the latest version of Windows 10, which I created uh, Web Bluetooth Polyfill for, and then some recent Android device, you can uh, actually start experimenting with this technology without buying any kind of hardware. Nice. Are you ready to master Angular? Oasis Digital offers Angular Bootcamp, a three-day intense workshop class for individuals or teams. They cover Angular 4 and 2 and focus on the skills and knowledge you need for complex, data-rich applications. They also still offer AngularJS for teams supporting older projects. Bring them to your site or send developers to them in St. Louis, San Francisco, New York, D.C., and other cities and online at angularbootcamp.com. There actually is something on your blog that really uh, appeals to me. I mean, there's many things. I didn't mean to put it that way. <laughs> Just one. Just one. No, but the one that's leaping out to me is connecting my T-shirt to an Arduino. Because, I, you know, as you know, I have a passion for unusual fashion. And mm -hmm. so I would like to follow up with you on how we can make some just killer IoT-driven Angular clothing that where we could control the message. And see, now that to me is got utility written all over it. So... And I'm I'm actually semi-serious about it. Oh, By uh, semi-serious, you mean you are going to do it, right? It means I'm going to follow up with you about it. For sure. Perfect. And delegate. And get electrocuted. <laughs> he is going to make the most eye-wrenching shirt that you can possibly... No, I think there's real possibilities in this. You know, uh, personalization... Look, you know, we live in a world in which it's hard to sort of differentiate yourself from the mass of humanity. And uh, here you go. This could be the answer. Actually, if you want to get started really quick, I made it. I wrote another blog post explaining how you can take the smart bulb and make it wireless so it runs on batteries. And then you can just uh, stick it in your pocket and control it from your phone and have your shirt go crazy with all kinds of colors. I think it's violating the code of conduct, but I don't know. Do we have a code of conduct here on this podcast? Uh, it's pretty strict. <laughs> no unfunny jokes. <laughs> I need to report shy immediately. And then myself. It was a very meta bad joke about bad jokes. <laughs> so the Arduino thing. Uh, do you think mm -hmm. uh, do you think uh, it could be like we could see a session with you and Ward uh, live coding uh, an Arduino shirt? I think that would be hilarious. What do you say, Ward? Play by play. I'm, oh no, I, I'm loving it. I'm loving it because I've been thinking about this and I have zero physical skills. And you look like you know how to assemble these things. I, I mean, I have zero skills. I have. Limited skills anyway, but, you know, I, I've been waiting for somebody to really take this where it belongs, this whole um, personalized electrified clothing thing. And um, you look like the man who's ready to take it to the next level. So I'm excited. 
So let's take you from zero to hero. <laughs> yeah, we definitely should. Now, <laughs> and, and then we can explore this whole substantive technical question of what the heck does Angular, how does Angular intersect this? But I'm, I'm sensing that your point is that if you are a web developer and you like Angular and stuff like this, this is a, a way to get at, at, into the IoT game without then having to pick up absolutely every other programming skill for the normal ways in which you program these things. I mean, is that kind of your, what you're saying? Uh, definitely, yes. And uh, I also want to contrast it with like uh, with writing native apps that uh, speak Bluetooth. Uh, if you do that, you have to learn the Android API and then the iOS API. And like I try to play a little with both, and they are both much more verbose than uh, Web Bluetooth. So with the Web Bluetooth, you can just like paste a few lines of code into your console, and that's it. You are connected, and you can start exchanging data. So it's basically even when even talking just about Web Bluetooth in the context of uh, Web in comparison with the native alternatives. It's so much easier to get started. And then if you are an Angular developer, then you can use your Angular skills on top of that to get, like to create the app itself, the logic, the UI real quick and get something really cool. So uh, if you go to, if you participate in a hackathon, that could be super useful to get something uh, impressive and functional real quick. So let's suppose you didn't have a sense of humor and you were trying to think about the business connection, sort of commercial uh, opportunities here. One thing that sort of strikes me is that um, uh, there are kind of field service type apps that could where, where you could imagine the thing that you have to send somebody out into the field and they were interacting with um, device, you know, little IoT devices that were already there to protect, perhaps to sense sense things that were happening or in sense inventory or something like that and then if you were an angular developer trying to build one of the you know, these things you could write the app that interacted with those devices in a commercial setting right i mean you know are people doing this kind of thing are are you eyeing it in, in that way as you explore the fun side of it yes so last year i went on a euro tour doing uh, talks about bluetooth and I met a couple of interesting use cases. So one of that was a company that built smart counters for electricity. So you have your household uh, household electricity, and uh, there is a counter that counts the usage. And they built counters that use Bluetooth. And at that time, uh, when they heard about web Bluetooth, they um, wanted to try this technology because they were looking for something that would enable them to give their users a really easy way to get a reading out of this uh, smart uh, counter. Another nice uh, use case was a friend from Progress, uh, Jen Looper, you probably know her. She has just posted a uh, blog post about how she used uh, beacons and uh, web Bluetooth together with an Angular app to tell the story of some historic site in Boston. So there was an app and you 
it would instruct you to go to certain places and then it would connect with the beacons and detect that you you arrived at that place and it would explain to you about the place. So it was kind of guided tour with beacons. And then another thing I remember, which used this technology, but they actually haven't used the web part of it, just beacons um, to um, find your locations, your location indoor is the Louvre. I visited the Louvre a few months ago and I noticed they had those audio guys that, uh, audio guides that knew which exhibit you were standing next to. And then I decided to switch on my, uh, an app that scans for beacons and I noticed they had beacons all around. So basically, uh, this is another kind of use case. And right now they have those bulky audio guides that you have to carry with you. And eventually uh, they could replace them with just a simple web app that you, when you get into the Louvre, you just open that URL and you get everything on your phone without having to carry all those bulky uh, devices. That's really a great idea. That's a great idea. So... I promised a small story about uh, the physical web. As you can imagine, I experiment with uh, this with beacons and the physical web a lot. And at some point, I started. I ran a beacon which broadcasted the my homepage, my personal site, which we, you mentioned before. And a few days later, I went down to get rid of the garbage or something, and then I met one of my neighbors. Uh, and I haven't talked to that guy a lot uh, before. And he told me like, hey, man, uh, I keep getting a notification about your website on my phone. So um, I was intrigued to find out what it was. I entered it and I figured out that you uh, you are also like uh, in the tech world and you are speaking in conferences and doing cool stuff. So actually, we started talking. Um, so I think that's a great example of, of how this kind of technology can bring people together. In this case, your neighbors. Nice. Cool. Oh. Yeah, no, that sounds good. That sounds, uh, there's just more going on here than I think our imaginations are ready for. And, you know, thanks for, uh, tricking us into thinking about it by playing with light bulbs and clothing and cats <laughs> and, and neighbors. And neighbors. All right. Well, let's go ahead and do some picks. This episode is sponsored by Angular Dev Summit, coming September 11th through the 18th, 2017. Hi, it's Chuck from devchat.tv. I've reached out to some of my friends in the Angular community to put on a completely free, no travel conference for Ruby developers. We have speakers like Rob Wermald, Jeff Welpley, and others coming to speak about all kinds of topics in Angular. So if you're trying to learn Angular or you're trying to level up Angular, come check it out. The talks are happening throughout the day each day, and we'll have a chat available during each session. Attending the talks is free, but you need to register. Go to angulardevsummit.com. Lucas, do you want to start us off with picks? Sure. So I have two picks. Uh, One, and these are kind of my all-time favorite things list here. Uh, So I just finished Anti-Fragile. I may have mentioned it previously, and it is probably one of my favorite books ever. Uh, Nassim Taleb is uh, one of my favorite writers, and this is just a phenomenal uh, book that really will get you thinking about the world and uh, how it works. 
And then there is a, a series on Netflix called Chef's Table, and it's just incredibly, incredibly well done. What's interesting is the discipline of cooking and these people pushing the envelope is you'll start to see some parallels about, you know, kind of what happens in the tech space. So I'm getting just a ton of great nuggets. And the uh, the Grant Shots episode, I believe that's episode one of season two, is just phenomenal. So if you are kind of a creative pioneer type person, go check that episode out. It will blow your mind. Mind blown. Yes, sir. All right. Shy, what are your picks? Okay, I have also two picks. One of them is an audiobook I'm hearing uh, these days called 59 Seconds. So it's uh, trying to prove a certain uh, myth with science, like studies that people in the marketing world like to quote on, which apparently are not real studies or stuff like that and all, all through all like aspect of life like relationship and marketing and all that stuff so uh and in 59 seconds of each chapter in the audiobook he tells like the gist of things or of the research and stuff like that so it's really interesting and the second pick is yesterday we went out so we have a couple of uh cool guys here in Israel now for the they came from the for the angular app conference conference yeah so uh, one of them uh, so we went out for beers yesterday a uh, few of uh, of the speakers and I actually got the chance to talk with Ari Lerner and uh, the author of the ng book uh, and we talked about like life and stuff like that and he told me he's volunteering in prison and it teaches prisoners to code. And uh, I found it very, very, uh, very admirable. And so I like to pick volunteering, especially with teaching to code. So that's my second pick. Awesome. Ward, what are your picks? Well, I have I have three quick ones. The first is that I was looking up Yuri in, on the internet and I don't end up with him. He's not number one, he's number two. Number one is a Yuri Shikad, who's a, an engineer, uh, teaches engineering at Tel Aviv. And I wondered if there was any relationship there. But um, <laughs> uh, the photo is there, and it could be what Yuri looks like when he gets older. The, uh, <laughs> the, the second thing, an article I read on hacking your uh, smart coffee machine, which is about kind of what we were talking about earlier. And my third pick is a YouTube. I have just too much time, right? A YouTube video uh, I watched last night. You know, we have a problem with the truth here in America, and so I, this was a former CIA employee who was teaching how to tell if somebody's lying, and I thought it was really um, good. And it's going to change the way I lie in the future. Uh, <laughs> those are my, those are my three picks. <laughs> So did you lie about the shirt? No, no. And if you watched this video, you would be able to tell I was dead serious. Okay, so that that would actually be my first pick. Uh, words lighting shirt, which does not exist yet, but will yeah, be but you in should the see future. It. You should see it. It's awesome. <laughs> and then my second pick was actually mentioned already by Chai, which is the Angular app conference that happened this week and it was really great and I had a lot of fun meeting all the speakers that came here to Tel Aviv and we had 
great discussions like uh, the ones I had with Eric. And then uh, my last pick for uh, this uh, episode would be WebAssembly, which is a technology that I'm really excited about. It basically makes uh, JavaScript obsolete. Not really. Uh, it makes it possible to use languages other than JavaScript on the web without needing to uh, compile them to JavaScript um, and unlocks uh, many use cases which require um, a lot of computing power and processing numbers uh, like maybe machine learning and um, analyzing EEG waves. So that's another thing I'm really excited about and I'm currently uh, learning on it. Awesome. I'm going to throw in some picks as well. Uh, the first one is a technical podcast. Well, he says this about uh, skepticism and data. Uh, it's called the Data Skeptic Podcast, but uh, they talk about uh, deep learning and uh, machine learning and things like that on the show, and it's it's pretty darn good. Um, I met Kyle at Microsoft Build. He's one of the podcasters that they've brought in for the, the anyway the podcast that that wound up getting recorded there. So anyway, that's been a lot of fun, and yeah, I think that's all I've really got to pick. Yuri, if people want to see what you're up to these days, follow you on the web, what are the best places to go? So, Urish Aked on Twitter or just my website, urish.org. All right. Well, we will go ahead and uh, wrap this one up and we will catch everyone next week. Yay! Yay! Bye bye. 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 Thanks, Uri. Bye. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.